Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On today's episode of The Glue Guys... We're going to really dive into sort of the the end of season, end of season schedule playoff standing scenarios that you need to know as a Nets fan and killer comparisons, Sopranos, role playing characters, a timely Sopranos killer comparison yeah, to the Nets most important role players for the playoffs. It's going to make sense. It's an ensemble cast. You get it? No, nobody gets it. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here, Salo Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall. TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Brian. Michael. The Nets are back. We did it. James we had Harden's some... almost back. James Harden's almost back. H- happy almost James Harden Day. Brian, how are you? How's everything going? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. We, you know, watched watched some games last night on the Twitch. Had some fun. <laughs> um you know, got a little, but got a little clenched towards the end, just how you like it. But you know, otherwise a pretty breezy dubs. So, you know, excellent. How can you complain? All is right in Nets land. That's right. Um, Blake Griffin's incredible. The, the oh. greatest pickup in the history of buyouts, Blake Griffin, uh, Nick Claxton. I know Nick Claxton was coming back from COVID protocol and he, he came back from injury. You know, he, he, you know, he's kind of been in and out of the lineup all year because of different small little things mm. um, and we're going to talk about this in our killer comparison segment basically our killer comparison is going to mold together uh sopranos and the most important nets role players ranking them in a way wow. um claxton it's been said before his defensive versatility is bonkers buddy wow. he 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 in in a single game will go against nikola vucevic and then go against zach levine and go against Kobe White and just be on them, sticking on them like a nice hot cinnamon sticky bun. You mm. know, it's uh, Auntie Anne's. Auntie Well, or Cinnabon. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, Cinnabon. Are, Sorry, are you that's a, the Auntie Anne's guy? I actually I steer clear of those, those two <laughs> enterprises usually. Not a, not a big cinnamon guy, weirdly. Hot cinnamon. It's just a weird. It's too much. It's unctuous in the in a port authority. It really the smell really travels. <laughs> well, uh, maybe that's your problem. Is that it's attached to your port, port authority, authority. <laughs> yes, experience? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, before we get to there's, there's a scheduling. I think it's a very important schedule sort of standings thing. I want to get to, but and you had said that we talked about this in our pre-show meeting. Oh. Uh, we assume if you listen to the pod, you watch the games, but is there anything from the game that you really enjoyed that you want to 
talk about it for a quick this is This is what this is the brand. This is the Glue Guys brand. We presume that you watched. You did your homework, okay, before you came to the show <laughs> and you watched the games. Uh, no, I uh, – oh, wait. I did want to do the one thing that I was supposed to do, which is, Mike, we have a T-shirt. Store. So cool. We so have cool. merch. We're doing it. Shout out yeah. to Cherboy Jack Herzog, who's been leading Werner's uh, son. Werner's son. It's of the the famous Herzog. I don't know. Could be. I actually don't know. I haven't begun <laughs> that. Oh, there's a fly in here. Um, what is this? Breaking Bad. The BKGlueGuys.com. Um, shout out to Jack who helped set this all up because we're useless. We don't, you know, help. We don't know how to help ourselves. Um, there's one T-shirt there, just pre pre-sale. We're gonna try to do a whole bunch of other cool designs. You know, make it a whole totally. a whole thing. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we're not punching above our weight class here and promising the world and you know getting ourselves in one of those situations <laughs> that we sometimes find ourselves in, Mike. But um, I urge everyone to to check it out if you want to drop a little pre-sale thing. I think it'll it's gonna be on pre-sale for the next two or three weeks. Um, but yeah, just wanted to, to blast that out there. It's thebkglueguys.com, and uh, and that's there. Anyways, um, Mike, big takes from the game. I don't really have any. I mean, it's like <laughs> there's there's not really any hot takes. Did you have hot takes? I mean, no, no. And, a, yeah. and and I will preserve. I'm going to continue to warm my hot takes. Oh. for when we do the role player session, uh, just because Blake Griffin. I mean, like we, like many people have had the Blake Griffin conversation. Um, and it is funny. You can kind of tell who watches Nets games and who doesn't by how they talk about Blake Griffin. Oh, interesting. This is your litmus test, huh? Because I'll hear some uh, national commentators say that, you know, wow, it's surprising how important Blake Griffin is to the Nets. Like, they're in trouble because of it. And I go the other way. Uh, I say good for Blake Griffin to make himself important for the Nets. Like he, he was in the Nuggets game guarding Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. you know, in, in crunch time. And that's not out of necessity. I mean, kind of almost was out of necessity, but he was doing a really good job doing that. Yeah. Um, he's been fantastic. I referenced the stat in our last podcast, but uh, Seth Partnow from the athletic put up Blake's field goal attempts, the percentage of them that are dunks. And in when he was with the Clippers, it was like 19% when he was at peak Lob City of his field goal attempts were dunks. And then they declined, declined, declined as his game expanded and became more versatile. And by the end of his run in Detroit, it was basically he just wasn't dunking anymore. It was non-existent. Now he's back up to about 9% of his field goal attempts or dunks. Uh, he had, I think he had an alley-oop last night. He had an alley layup uh, last night. But he also then he had another like pretty explosive dunk mm. uh he, we will talk about how important he is as a role player i think he's vitally important can i bring up one other thing before we let's dive let dive into our beautiful <laughs> sopranos mm-hmm. moment uh i said last show that the three seed two seed debate doesn't matter um and i don't know if i'm gonna amend it i don't know if i'm gonna put uh, an event an amendment up for the the you know an election and for people to vote on a new amendment into the constitution. I think that's how amendments happen, right? Yeah. Voted on. Um, But this is, this is the playoff scenario right now. So most teams in the NBA only have three game, three games left in their season Uh, because the Knicks lost last night to the Lakers in overtime. There's a three way tie for four, five and six. The Knicks, because the tiebreakers are currently six the Nets are the two seed right now. They're game up on the Bucks, but the Bucks have the tiebreaker over the Nets. So the Nets really do need to win 
the remaining three games on their schedule. Because if they lose one and the Bucks win the rest of them, then the Bucks become the two seed and then the Nets become the three seed. Here's the Nets schedule. Spurs, Bulls, and Cavs. The Bucks play the Miami Heat in a very important game, which I'll explain later. Then they play the Bulls and the Pacers, and the Pacers probably trying are still trying to win games even though they're pretty bad. Um, this is what's interesting, Brian. This Bucks Heat game, and I think it's tomorrow night, is Bucks Heat. If the Heat win, they basically not lock up the four or the five, but they make it so that it's going to be really hard for the Knicks to overtake them. And if the Heat win, it really helps the Nets because the Nets' schedule is easy. You know, the Spurs are the toughest team, but it's then it's another Bulls game. The Bulls aren't going to be in the playoffs, and the Cavs, the Cavs aren't going to even, they're just not going to try. And so it gives give the Nets a little bit more cushion, um, and it puts the Heat more into that 4-5 matchup. If the Heat lose, and let's say the Knicks win on the rest of their games, and the Heat are then the sixth seed, and the Nets have no margin of error, that they have to win the rest of their games, it, the Nets would then risk being the three seed, and then it becomes first-round matchup Heat. Nets, and I think that's something basically none of us really want, right? Mm. I, I, we've done this every week, but <clears throat> Hawks, Heat, Knicks, where would you put those in terms of teams you'd want to see the Nets play in round one? If that, if those were the options, if the Nets ended up as a three, I seed. can't get the Celtics. Can I please have the Celtics? Well, I don't think the Celtics. So the Celtics, I don't know if they're going to get out of the play-in. Because, because think about this. So who's like the eighth seed right now? It's the Hornets. Pacers? Uh, no, yeah, Hornets. Yeah, so I'll do NBA standings and blah, blah, blah. I think right now it's Celtics, uh, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the Celtics are two games up on the Hornets. It's like, you know, they're going to be the seventh seed, but it almost doesn't matter. Um, the Gordon Hayward revenge game, the mm. Terry Rozier revenge game, mm. uh, going against the Celtics without Jalen Brown. I guess you could say the Kemba Walker revenge game the other way, but I don't know if Kemba Walker has much revenge left in his soul. He's not a vengeful you know? soul. You don't get vengeful vibes. He's like he's like John Wick after John Wick gets a new dog. You know, there's no more revenge to be had right, at that right. point. Um, so <laughs> basically, the scenario that that there's so many things that could happen. The Nets could stay the two seed and get you know the winner of Celtics Hornets. Or the the Nets drop down to three, and it could either be Heat, Hawks, or Knicks in the first round. I previously said that it didn't matter if they were two or three. I am slightly amending. It's not a full constitutional amendment, but it's a mm. slight amending where I'm saying, actually, it's kind of important to stay two, right? Don't you think okay. that, it, that it matters? Like, wouldn't you rather play Celtics or Hornets versus Heat, Hawks, Knicks? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Celtics sure. especially. I mean, you know how I, how I feel. I mean, that would be just the perfect cherry on top of that Absolutely. entire arc is to just curb stomp them on in the first round because they're – I mean, you know, it sucks that Jalen Brown got hurt and everything, but, like, it's – um, it would be incredibly poetic. You know what? I was thinking about the Jalen Brown uh, thing and, like, he got hurt and you – a lot of people who weren't Celtics fans, it felt bad that he got hurt, right? Like, we're, mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate um, – sort of marker for someone being a good person or mm. someone that we like. We're like yeah. opposing fans are like, you know, that sucks. 
that he got hurt. You, yeah. you know, like as opposed to, you know, there's some guys on opposing teams. Like if they got hurt, you're like, well, that's okay. I'm not there's, like, there's also I'm not that upset. <clears throat> there's also a certain, and this is this is where things get a little bit hairy. But like, there's a certain amount of like threateningness that a team has to have where you where you can, you know, quietly internally. Like in your more Schadenfreude moments, be like, "Great, now we have an opportunity to, <laughs> to yes. make a move." And the Boston had kind of already gone onto the less threatening side of that of that arc itself. I, Clay Thompson to me is the pinnacle of like, oh, that sucks that that guy got hurt again, right? Ah, like, interesting. Everyone, I felt everyone was gut punched. Yeah, when we found out that Clay, what was it? He had it's, torn it's his the back, ACL, then tore his Achilles, and yeah, yeah. The back-to-back stuff is brutal. um, Another small schedule thing that I Mm. want to point out. Please. If the Nets can hold on to the two seed, okay? Again, they're a game up. The Bucs have the tiebreaker. So if they have the same record at the end of the season, the Bucs are going to be two and the Nets are going to be three. But the Nets have a game up. Destiny is within their grasp. Now, I would almost rather be the two seed... Then the one seed mm. for only the first round. Obviously, the second round, you have to play the Bucs, and that sucks. Because the 76ers, if it's the Wizards who become the eighth seed. Yeah, that's a feisty first round. That's a tough, that, that is like an extremely tough first round for the Sixers because the Wizards obviously have Westbrook and Beal. Those are two guards that, yeah, you could put Simmons on one of them, you could put Dybul on the other, but it's really, it's not going to work out that well. And they have some bigs. They got they got Brooks' brother, uh, and, and Daniel Gafford. Do, uh, do I need to start watching Wizards games? Are they are they as fun as advertised? So fun. Yeah. It, well, it's great to have. So this Westbrook. This is Westbrook. This is where he should be. Okay. No expectations on a not that great of a team mm-hmm. where he can do. We can put up 20, 15s and fifteens every night. And Just no overachieve. Yeah. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. Like I was thinking about it, it's almost like Westbrook on OKC and Westbrook then in Houston is like it's like when you go to like a really fancy restaurant, uh, a coursed menu, right? Where it's like five courses, hundred twenty five bucks a person, well, without tip, without nice. tax, and without alcohol. I'm talking like an expensive yeah, restaurant. Very nice. I'm a case. Um, and when going into that experience, you know it's going to be good, but you have expectations. And probably your, your expectations are higher than the realization of what that meal is going to be, mm-hmm. right? That's Russ in Houston and Russ at OKC. Expectations were too high. Mm-hmm. Him in Washington is like that kind of like that grimy restaurant in a strip mall. Okay, you know, but that's really good. Yeah, a cheap meal. You know, if it's yeah. not, even if it's not that good, that's twenty five dollars. You're down. You know, okay, that's fine. Um. What's going on? Can is you there a fly? Hear, can you hear that fly? It sounds like an, an Apache helicopter's in here. <laughs> this is really here. why people need to watch the YouTube because <laughs> Brian, Brian's like like it's face acting big, right now. Like it's the biggest fly in America. It's the big. It's the biggest fly. It's Sorry. the biggest fly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should put up a sign. <laughs> Trump, like, uh, Trump hands the biggest. Yeah. What was? Isn't there um, like the biggest sombrero in America? Is like a pit <laughs> yeah, stop you can make. Yeah. <laughs> I should. I should put a sign out front. I should. I should. Sell, People would start coming up. Sell tickets to see this thing. Family, f- families from Scranton, PA, would bus in just to see the biggest fly in America. <laughs> it's damn. Shout out to Scranton, PA. Suck on that. I've been screen. to Scranton many yeah. times. Yeah. Been to that sheets there. That's gotten a heck of a those, sheets. Heck of a gotten sheets. Gotten those fried uh, mac and cheese bites. I don't know if you've ever 
tasted. Um, but yeah, no, the Wizards are fun. But yeah. obviously, if you're the Nets, you would you would have wanted to be the number one seed. There, there's no shot. I think the 76ers, by virtue of being two games up and having the uh, like the tiebreaker, it clinches that um, that they have the one seed. I would rather play Hornets Celtics in round one than the chance that it's the Wizards at yes. this point. Um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And then we will be back with some Sopranos role player killer comparison. Nice. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And we're back. Brian, it is time okay. for Sopranos. Role <laughs> go, players, killer comparison. Your your pronunciation of Sopranos is you go the you go the other way. You go Sopranos. You go, yeah. Do you, bagel. Do, it's, it's a bagel thing. Do you know bagel. you're conscious of your doing that, that it, yeah. it'll trigger someone? Okay, good. It's everyone yeah. is mad. Everyone has yeah. turned off the pot. Good. Uh, explain to people kind of what we're doing. It, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you know, a leap you might say, but uh, what we were thinking about is like, okay, let's rank the importance of each uh, individual role player on our ensemble cast. What else is like an ensemble cast? There's been great ensemble casts in the past. We've already done the game of Thrones. We've already done the Marvel universe. You know, what did we miss that everyone's seen? Hopefully enough people have seen that this will make sense is the Sopranos. Um, you know, and I think that there's a lot of good comparisons here to draw as we go through the list of Nets players and what we kind of expect their roles to be throughout the narrative arc of, of these 2021 playoffs. Mike, is that, was that a good summary? Yeah. And I think we're comparing not Tony and Carmella. No, right. Because KD and Harden and Kyrie are not on this list. So Tony and yeah, and Camarillo and and uh, Camilla and uh, and AJ are not on this list. <laughs> AJ's number three. <laughs> I was wondering who the third most yeah. important Soprano character yeah. is. And Meadow is not going to be on this list. Uh, I mean, it's probably Michael Imperioli's character, right? That is that is number three, but he's on the it's, list. It's he, tough. I kind he's of had, in play. He's part of the yeah. I don't know who would be the. It's really just Tony and uh, Christopher. Ah, Christopher. Christopher's on my list. I got Christopher's. He's a part of the ensemble. This one picture, the one of the references that we have is Screen Rant's ranking of best characters, and the picture for AJ Soprano is horrifying. That, it's like old AJ, yeah, uh, with a, like a slight goatee. They just ranked th- that that uh, whoever wrote that is a psycho. Let me just say that because <laughs> they have AJ as like the third best character on the show, who is by far every AJ scene is just slow torture. Is just and a, Carmella is yeah. sixth. I know. 
Who's maybe Six. the best character on television, you know, ever. It's like when people rank, I don't know, like Bob Cousy in the top five in greatest NBA players of all yeah, time. Right. It's like, what are we talking? Bob Cousy shot like 20% from the field. Look it up. <laughs> horrible. He was horrible. I know. Yeah. He was probably great. But he, but he could dribble Look out that stats. clock like a- Look up like his a, stats. Like a whippet. Like a- yeah. um, Like a hot okay, pistol. So, yeah. so we're, we're, we're pulling from any, any part of the Sopranos universe that we want to- um, and here are the players for the Nets that are that we're going to compare and or could compare: Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, X Factor Shaman, Claxton, DeAndre Jordan, and should is TLC even making it? Are I have we, TLC on there. Do you want me to just start with TLC because it's a funny, quick one? Yeah, are, yeah, tell me. It's yeah, Feach Feach Lamana. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Feature Lamana? I think part of the, the joy of this is yeah. if you explain who these people. are. So if you if you're not a deep deep, I also recently rewatched it, so I I have all this top of mind. But Feach Lamana is like in maybe like season, I want to say four or five. He gets out of jail, like has a quick couple of. Be- he's the guy that like breaks the arm of the landscaper guy, and then like he start, he pisses Tony off, and they set him up to go back into prison like r- relatively quickly. That's sort of. <laughs> I feel about I'm gonna TLC. I'm gonna look up as we're yeah. as we're talking about all this. Yes, is yeah. this the person who is the actor who was also in the Matrix, like the guy who turned coat? As part no, of the that's crew? Joey Pants. That's Joey okay. Pants. That's he Joey, plays Ralph Joey. Ralph <laughs> Ralph Cifaretto in the show. So you don't um, know. So okay, so you're not super hip to the Sopranos world. I'm I'm you're, I'm you're hip it. enough. You're hip enough. I'm I'm hip okay. enough. But but that was a that was enough of a pull. I mean, mm. I'm here at like the top. I was, yeah, I mean, let's. I'm, I, I'm like, is... I like know who's in the show, but right. not more than that. Fair. But I like that. Yeah. Okay, so you think he's that level of? I think of you're not going to see a whole lot of TLC in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think. And when you do see him, it'll be briefly, and then he'll be banished back. <laughs> you know, from where he came. Again, friend of the show, love TLC. It's just not. It hasn't been his year. <laughs> hasn't been his year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I don't think it's. We're not. We. we I think if something's gone wrong, if. Uh, tender loving care is getting a bunch oh. of run in the playoffs. Um, that's that would be my estimation. So I think he's like of the value. And I, I we should add is Mike James. Are we going to get Mike James in the playoffs once Harding comes back? I have Mike James on here too. If you want a quick one for that, let's do it. Yeah, I have uh, Jackie April for Mike James. Yeah, sure. Who um, sort of if if you're his character on the show is young. He he really wants to make a name for himself and kind of like flames out spectacularly in in doing so. <laughs> you <laughs> hate Mike J. Yeah. Oh this my. Is, this Lord. is the meme. Yeah. He's um, he's trying to do quite a bit. I even watched it watching the Bulls game last night. It start. I mean, am I alone in this? I can't be. I can't. I mean, he was be alone. he was out there. Uh, Dude, to he be was kind of out there, out there almost in crunch time. Like, to be in a pretty, it, it, definitely in crunch time when we were losing in crunch time again. And he's still even though he's got the cup of coffee is turning. It's got it's ten day old cup of coffee he's got in his hand. He's still chucking threes in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. Sorry. Um, okay, so I think Mike James and TLC are so. I mean, obviously there's other players in the roster, but like we're not going to talk Reggie Perry at this one. No. Um, yeah. So I would put them at the bottom. So here, here's who just above, and and we can talk about the comparison to the Sopranos. So I would say ten is. Mike James nine or eight is TLC nine is Mike James seven to me is Shamit in terms of importance in the playoffs um, and I'll let you do the comparison but Shamit is good and he will get his minutes and he will have a valuable role 
but I th- I don't know, like he just doesn't he's not gonna like forever alter the fabric of Nets history. He may hit a big big shot in a certain moment. I'm not doubting that, but his value to the team specifically in the playoffs isn't that high. He's gonna be there. He's gonna get minutes. He should be out there. It's just not that high. I'm a little like I'm a little sad that the like Landry Shamit breakout month that that seemed to be happening like maybe six weeks ago just completely dead ended recently. I just don't I don't think about Landry Shamit at all anymore. Like he's just not <clears throat> he's not uh, a focal point on either side of the ball. Oh, Mike, something happened. Bra- Bra- <laughs> oh, I thought you. I thought you made a look. You keep. You keep going. I thought you, I thought you, you got a. Talk. You got a hot tweet. I'm gonna sometimes. Yeah, I, you gotta, yeah. You gotta go I'll do tell your you thing. if I get it. <laughs> got Sorry, I news. was looking at a message on my phone. Like my wife just sent me like just like a contact information for someone. I was like, oh my god, what is? Mm. Who am I? Gonna, yeah, but yeah, I know who this person emergency is. Contact. Um, Anyways, yeah, I, the, the Shaman experience was was it, there hasn't been a continuation of the excellence that we saw a couple weeks ago, um, and that's been said. Yeah, and he's gonna again. He's gonna get minutes. Um, if he's having a hot game from three, I could see him out there in crunch time because you could have a Harden, Kyrie, Joe Harris, KD, Shamit lineup that's just all shooting, all spacing, and you know guys that kind of fly around the floor. You can do that at times if Shamit's playing well, but he's just not going to be that important if Harden is healthy, if Kyrie's face isn't all busted up. Mm. Um, and Spencer did when he comes back, you know. Yeah. So, um, I did have you him, have a? I have him as, as Benny Fazio, Benny Fazio, who you may not remember, but he's a he is a lesser character. Do <laughs> you know who Benny Fazio is? Just explain who all these people. Yeah, are. he's yeah. a lesser character. Um, he kind of comes on a little bit more towards the end. He's a friend of Christopher Moltisanti's more than anything else, but he's a young guy who isn't like super. He hasn't like totally made it, you know, made it, uh, but he's doing okay. He's doing okay for himself. And he sort of famously gets in trouble with Artie Bucco. Weirdly, I completely forgot about this. I saw Artie Bucco at a bar two weeks ago. Okay. So shout out to- As the, you should. Shout out to John. I overheard himself introduce himself as John. Um, I don't know his last name. How dare he? <laughs> yeah. Um, he should be because people Because people were coming up to him. There was three different people came up to him and introduced themselves to Artie Bucco. So his... Do you think Artie Bucco likes that he, people think they say, hey, Artie? I will say based on the wear and tear on the face of Artie Bucco <laughs> and the kind of like... Um, like he was making eye contact with everybody, you know, in the kind of way that was like, do they recognize me? Does that per- is he going to come up to me? Is that you know? It seems I like mean, that's what we do. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, when we yeah. walk around Brooklyn because we're so big. It's, and it's a curse that we all you know have to come in and out of. But no, it seemed it seemed like it was um, you know weighing heavily on him. Anyways, uh, he rips off Artie Bucco famously, and Artie like gets into a fight with him and punches him. Um, but yeah, so Benny Fazio, a lesser character, could at times you're like, is he going to be like a big part of the show? And then like, no, no it never really does. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was great. Thanks. Um, my number six, and I, I I do have a Sopranos killer oh. killer comparison for this one. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Um, he, you know, so I think some people maybe would even put DJ lower on the list because mm-hmm. uh, he gets DNP'd uh, often. There are going to be games that he's going to matter. There's going to be he may even start a playoff game with kind of how Nash moves around his lineup. Um. But there will also be times when he just completely disappears. So 
He is the Russian who disappears in the Pine Barrens. Ah, I, I actually have Spencer as the Russian who disappears in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> <laughs> so No, he's going to come back. That's the thing. Well, who knows? That's the thing. There's the Russian, like you're waiting. So when you're watching the show, it's like, when is the Russian going to pop out? And he never does. But I mean. He comes back he, when they uh, cut the screen to black. That right. was the guy who entered the. Ah, could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, I have DeAndre as Junior Soprano. Um, because, well, he, he plays a big part, um, as like a sort of, <laughs> what? You don't it like seems it? seems insulting. It's a little insulting. It's hard not no, to. I, yeah. I brought him here for it. It's, it's, it's just like, I have to call like, out the insult. It's slightly insulting. Not all these are going to be, you know, not everyone gets to be Tony. Okay. Some people have to be Benny Fazio and, and Corrado. Um, but I think Corrado is, you know, frustrated by his. I love you that you call him Corrado. <laughs> You know, I know uh, that's that's also his, but it's just a funny. Yeah, it's a nice a, touch. Yeah, nice appreciate touch. it. Um, Junior is frustrated Junior. that he can't really like that he's sort of slightly over the hill in the beginning of the show, and then like very much over the hill by the end of the show. Can't really politic his way into playing meaningful minutes in the family. Um, is you know, <laughs> you, like, you like where this beautiful. is going? I love yeah. this. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> and uh, you know, is is sort of like. Sort of respected, but also like he was kind of a figurehead boss for a moment there. So there's a little bit of that kind of stuff going on. Anyways, I just I just felt like it was for spiritual reasons a, a, a good comparison. Can I can I bring up a, a hypothetical or not even a hypothetical question for you? Oh please. Do you think DeAndre Jordan's happy with his role? <sighs> that's a gr- that's a great question because on some level I think he is right. He's playing so with his current role getting DNPs. No. I think he would love that's I think he still wants to be a, a varsity athlete. He wants to be, you know, how Junior's always he never had the makings of a varsity athlete. That's, you know, because and Junior says it's that really all the time good. because his pathology is that he himself doesn't think of himself as a varsity athlete. Uh, which is why he's always second guessing himself when he's in the leadership position. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting into deep deep <laughs> deep take territory here, but I think that DeAndre wants to be on a good team, playing meaningful minutes in big national games. He likes that spotlight, but also on some level kind of knows that that's not working out. That's not like the best look for him. Like that amount of spotlight isn't shining on him as nicely as, as he might want. So there's part of it that he's like conflicted with. I think he likes being on the team. He likes being here. He likes uh, all the people. He likes that we're a very good team. He can't start. He wants to start. He can't play five minutes. That's not in his nature. I don't know. It's, you know. He's maybe conflicted. He's in a weird place. I think of him like, now this didn't happen with us. So Brian and I, we first met each other freshman year at Syracuse. We were on the same floor mm. in Kimmel Hall. Kimmel Hall is a very Shout small out. Shout out to Kimmel Hall. dormitory at Syracuse. It's only four floors. We were the only boys floor too. Only boys Come floor. On. Woo, Come on. Come on. Three was, girls floors. It was a regular... Um, American Nothing Pie, happens. American Pie Four. Literally, yeah. Literally, what the the most exciting thing that happened with that is that this was peak Grey's Anatomy, and uh, we would, me and fifteen of the other girls in the building would watch Grey's Anatomy together in the common area. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> nothing came out of that. Jeez. Trust me. Auto friends on yourself, why don't you? No, yeah. <laughs> nothing came out of that experience. <laughs> yeah. But I loved Grays, so yeah. I'm not taking that back. Um, so, uh, but then sophomore year, Brian and I lived together with our buddies Raja and Shataz. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and we got we got along great, you know. But there are people who in college, people that you don't live with, that you're friends with, and then you live with them and you mm. hate them, right? 
I think with DeAndre Jordan, I'm not saying he hates being a net, but in his head, he had his friends on other floors at 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 the NBA mm. college, mm. and they were Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and maybe even James Harden. And then he's like, "Let's all live together. Let's all move to Watson. Yeah, all live together in a four potter. Yeah, and it's not as nice as mm. he thought. He gets yelled at all the time. Yeah." He gets yelled at, DeAndre gets yelled at all the time. Yeah. He's the guy who gets the Take most- Take out the trash, like, DeAndre. Take that trash out. It's your turn. Take, Take it dude, out. Your cereal bowl yeah. has been here for four days in a row. <laughs> the milk has turned blue. This isn't Tatooine. Clean it up. Clean it up, DeAndre. Um, did you <laughs> did you steal that line from somewhere? This isn't Tatooine? Uh, wow, that was beautiful. Made that up. Nicely done. Well, right as I was talking. Gorgeous. Uh, anyway, so the I don't my prediction, my bold prediction, and I don't know how they do this because he, but I think he's not going to be on the team next year. Oh, bold prediction! Wow, I can't think like I can't imagine he likes being. You know, he's making ten million dollars a year. That's amazing, and he's living in Brooklyn, and he's on the most exciting team in the NBA when while all healthy, um, and he's playing with his friends. But they just yell at him all the time, and. He doesn't play some games. So I think not that this matters for the NBA championship. I just don't think it's that much fun. Mm. And uh, I wonder if they the Nets are going to have to do something where they like have to attach a first-round pick to move DeAndre Jordan um, to get him off the team. Yeah. You know? Because probably – because I'm sure Marks would like to not have that contract on the books. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Coming right back. We will dive much more into the Sopranos characters. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. To reset, Mike James is at the bottom of the role players, TLC, Shamit, and DeAndre Jordan as my ranking of the most important role players for the Nets. Go number five. I want Jeff Green as the fifth most important role player on the Nets. Mm. He still starts most games. Uh, he's still important. Um, they're not really playing him at small ball five anymore. He's still he's actually more of a traditional power forward or even just a wing because Katie's out there too. 
there's going to be lineups where he's the small ball five. He's going to be sort of the designated um, defensive stopper for bigger wings. Uh, his corner threes, when he's hitting them, are a nice weapon, a part of this lineup. All-around good guy, friend of the show, Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. But he's number five because there's four other guys above him who are way more important. Um, do you have a Sopranos for Jeff? I do. Jefe Verde. I do. I'm going Silvio Dante on Beautiful. Jefe. Just because like Silvio himself doesn't have a big storyline ever in the show, but he's always there, um, you know, stabilizing force. And if you need somebody whacked, you know, Silvio's often your guy. You know, someone very close <laughs> to you needs to needs to get hammer jack dunked on. Um, you know, call up Jeff Green, who will who will do that for you. Um, I'm, I'm using dunking on somebody as a parallel for whack for for murdering, literally murdering them. Um, so yeah, I think it's so really <laughs> because Silvio's is like a quiet, stabilizing force for the, and but also just like permanently there. Like never, there's never a moment where Silvio like is out of whack, right? There's no like crazy Silvio's doing something crazy, you know, stable. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he has done anything crazy. I mean, besides murdering people, yeah. Well, you know, but meticulously. He doesn't like, <laughs> he doesn't freak out and kill someone by accident, you know? He's not Pauly. No, he's not Pauly. He's not Ralph. You know, Ralph is the guy that like kill, accidentally kills people, you know? Um, You've been there. Who hasn't been there? I, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. who who am I? Yeah. Um, well, just I love human, that. Just human. My number four in the list is Bruce Brown, mm-hmm. agent of chaos. Um, Bruce is still impactful. He's not as it's not at the heights that he was, though. Um, another Seth Partnow stat, which you can read on theathletic.com slash glue guys. Get yourself behind that paywall. Uh, Bruce Brown is the best offensive rebounding guard in the NBA by, I think, a pretty wide margin. Um well, maybe uh, Westbrook should be pretty high, but we'll see. Um, Bruce Brown is going to matter. They're going to need that energy, that chaotic energy that he brings to the floor, the places of the floor that he gets to in playoff series. We're going to have a couple of Bruce Brown games where he gets like 18 points, six rebounds, and three assists, and that's going to feel like a pretty impact. If he's doing that while Harden, KD, and Kyrie are doing what they should be doing, those are wins. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to want him to be a pest. Uh, to be an annoyance to another team um, while the other team is focusing all their energy. What happens in the playoffs is defenses change. They focus more on the stars. They align themselves more towards how do we stop Giannis? How do we stop Embiid? How do we stop KD? Uh, that's what makes the Nets particularly dangerous because they have three guys that can score at that level. You need a Bruce Brown. You need Bruce Brown to kind of be floating there. He's four on the list because I think there's three other guys above him. Yeah. But he's going to be extremely important. He may not put up big nums. Yeah. He may not be in every episode. <clears throat> but he, he's going to put up... He's, when he's there, you're going to feel it. Yeah. This one for me, I went a little bit more abstract, but I went Furio Junta. Furio. Furio Junta. Furio Junta. Um, you may remember him from the one season where Tony randomly decided they needed more characters on the show and they go get him from Rome, they just go pulls up a flight, whole bunch of new characters. Let's go get, let's go pull one back from Rome. Um, sort of how like, you know, Bruce Brown just seemed to have teleported into a meaningful role on this team out of clear blue <laughs> sky. Um, and to just be a muscle, just to be really just a presence, an enforcer, um, you know, maybe have a small crush on some of the other female leads in the show. I don't know. I can't speak Bruce Brown. I can't speak to that. That could be incredibly accurate. Could not. Who knows? He is a friend of the show as he, well. He's so. a friend of the show. We'll, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. Um, 
But yeah, so that's sort of how I feel about him. He's he's prominent, but also, you know, low maintenance at the same time. You don't you don't you're not gonna hear that's a whole good. lot of fuss from from Fury Ojunta. <laughs> Um, by the way, real quick, while, while we are speaking now, there's been breaking news in Nets world. Sham Sharania has tweeted that James Harden is expected to play tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, James Harden home game Nets expected to play, uh, if all goes well in, uh, like warmups, like as long as he doesn't tweak his hamstring again, uh, so that's super exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. this team, I think the thing I'm most going to look for with Mr. Harden in his comeback, how many minutes does he get in that first game? What's his role going to be? Is he coming off the bench like KD did? Yeah. Like, are they like, yeah, I imagine they're going to slow play him into this. Like, they're not going to give him 38 minutes right away. Um, let me ask you this. Is it better for James Harden to, what? let's say he plays 20 minutes, play should he play those twenty minutes with both K- KD and Kyrie? Like, don't oh, yeah. you think that's a great maximize I that? Hadn't time? Even, I hadn't even thought thought about that, but yes, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder if they'll do it. I, I hope they do. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I I think and so like there's two. I guess there would be two schools of thought if you're Steve Nash. Okay, you put them together because they need they you just need to get as many reps of those guys playing together. But because Harden is coming back from injury and getting back in the flow of things, it's almost better for him to be by himself. Have the ball in his hands, not worry about anyone else. I think they're going to try to play those three together, or at least Harden with KD or with Kyrie. You'd hope. Otherwise, the coaching administration, and Steve Nash in particular, can expect a tongue lashing next podcast. Okay. Okay. We'll keep, well, well, James Harden's obviously top of mind. That's exciting. Uh, So we have entered into a a prestigious tier for role players. There are three role players left. Um, if you are a, a deeply passionate fan of the Nets, you can probably figure out who those three role players are. Um, my third most important role player for the Nets heading into the playoffs is Nick Claxton. Sorry, that was probably Nick loud. Claxton. Yeah. The team's best BEST defender. Best defender. Most impactful defender. The guy mm-hmm. who, can ver- who, can, who can be on... A guard like Zach Levine and a big like Nikola Vucevic. Mm. Though you don't really want that to happen too much. But he can do it. He can do it all. Um, I'm really excited to see how much Nash deploys Claxton in the playoffs. There was a moment in the Bulls game last night where Claxton was playing defense. He he was subbed in to play defense at the end of the game. And Claxton got a block on Zach Levine in a moment in the game where, like, the Bulls, you know, could have got really close and made it really, really hot on the collar for your Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. But because he had Claxton in there, Claxton blocked the shot. Didn't happen. Nets win the game. Not, like, directly, but almost in, almost directly. And my biggest concern, and this was happening in the Bucks game, is that if you don't have a rim protector, a dedicated rim protector like Claxton in there, it just becomes too easy when uh, the other team gets by the first line of defense for the Nets that if they have Joe Harris rotating in to try to deny at the basket. It's like, or Kyrie Irving, or James Harden when James Harden's back. So it's like, it is important to have a rim protector like Nick Claxton back there. It's almost, again, why I think DeAndre Jordan could have some impact. Um, So he's my third most important role player. I think if... There's going to be times if he's fully healthy, 
and they can kind of like focus him in on the right role. Mm-hmm. He's the one sort of guy on the bench that distinctly can have a big impact defensively. Bruce Brown can do it sort of like as a pest. Jeff Green is good defensively because he knows what he's doing and he has all the good rotations. DeAndre is still a quality defender in moments, and Blake, which we'll get to later, can do it. But Claxton's the defensive positive. Uh, so he's my number three on the list. What's your... Did you get a Sopranos? I did. This one was is a tough one. AJ Soprano? This one was a tough one for me because... Um... Claxton occupies such an interesting space. You know, he's he's so important, but it's also it feels just incredibly important for this season in particular. Like his mm. his what he does is it's just we're so in need of it. Um, so I have a weird one, but I, I go Tony Blundetto on this, which is the Steve Buscemi character for that one season where the entire storyline yeah. <laughs> revolves around a, a minor character in Tony Blundetto and his comings and goings. That's not to say that he's going to end up like Tony Blundetto, who dies but uh <laughs> i mean not, not you know not to say that he just gets he gets he, he gets removed from the show or anything i think i think nick laxon's going to be part of this show for a long time but this season he's so disproportionately important relative to his like role um yes also really tony blantetto is like a genius level iq whatever he's like this big potential like asset that's never like being he's just like give me the chance to be like the starter you know i want to be a starter i want to like give me the card game i want to own these things and tony is slowly letting him get the thing but nick laxon's ready for it he's got the big brain uh he's got the he's got the ambition like we need to give him those starter minutes i think you know i think he's i think he thinks the same thing um i don't think he's going to fall into the same temptations that tony Blundetto did that led to his untimely demise <laughs> i think he'll, he'll be fine but that's sort of that's where i'm kind of trying to piece it all together I don't think I've ever been prouder of you. I think I think watching you shine in this moment is it's what spectacular. I, was, I don't really know half of what you're talking about. Yeah, I, and I worry that this is going to be the common experience for most of the listeners. If you're not, if you're not do into the deep cut Sopranos world, yeah, yeah, okay. it's it's, it's it our brand. To me, <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be them. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have two guys left. Okay, um, number two on the list, maybe controversial. Oh, Joe Harris. Yeah, not number one. Joe Harris is not number one. Um, but Joe is number two, out of respect. Okay, out of respect to our elders. Uh, of course, the Nets need a shooting. He is important because he's the fourth best scorer, obviously, on mm-hmm. the Nets. And if there's a game where like KD's hurt or Kyrie's hurt or Harden's hurt, uh, then they he's the guy that they're gonna have to turn to and be like, hey Joe, we're gonna need twenty whatever for you from you tonight. Like we need you to step up and do what you do, which he I'm I think he's more than capable of doing. Um he his shooting is extremely impactful. Uh, he's not number one only because, you know, his best asset, while he's a better defender than what people want to give him credit for, his best asset's offense. And ultimately, if you have the th- big three fully healthy, offense shouldn't be, you shouldn't be lacking. I think we should all remember what it was like, even without KD, what it was like with Harden. Just Just having James Harden on your team, you hum. Mm. You're a humming bird offense out there. That's right. You know? Um, That's right. Who, Joe Harris. I'm interested to hear your Joe Harris. This one was a tough one for me. I'll, 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 and I have a, I have one that I think fits, but this is another deep cut, so bear with me. But I went Little Carmine on this. Little Carmine. <laughs> so if you if you didn't watch the show or if you watched it just a little bit, popped in and out, you may not even know who Little Carmine was, you know, you, you might or is. Is. Because they're always they're, – they're still alive to me, damn it. They're still real to me. Um yeah. 
Sorry. And Little Carmine is, you would think, a like minor character, right? Because he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't appear very often. Um, but, you know, as you sort of like figure out the macro politicking of the, the criminal underworld, you find that Little Carmine's actually like low key, pretty strategically brilliant. He actually makes a lot of the moving parts move. He's pitting people against each other. He makes like the, the conflict engine in the, in the show really like click and go. Um, despite, himself not being prominent you know he's there's a couple of scenes where he's by the pool you know people kind of think he's like a one-trick pony um you know and and he's uh and he's actually like you know a a really critical part of what makes the whole thing out so i think that that's you know everyone kind of says that about joe harris there's nothing like you know i'm not revealing anything meaningful this is we joked about it in the discord shout out to the discord link to the uh discord invites in the twitter bio about how the national now that we've been watching so many national games like the national media's coverage of joe harris is just like the same two lines over and over again which is like joe harris elite three-point threat you know shooting almost 50 percent from the line you wouldn't think it more than just a three-point threat, though. You know, that's the thing about Joe Harris is he's got more to his game than meets the eye. <laughs> and they talk about his finishing capabilities. Um, so we were joking about the that, that you know, the National Leagues or the National Coverage is just like one Joe Harris thing, which is how I think of when people think of Little Carmine. But if you're a, a diehard, you know that Little Carmine's got a lot more, just a lot more than even that. Tough. This is this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I almost enjoyed more because I don't really know what you're talking. Yeah. Now I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about, no, yeah. but I, I enjoyed that much more. Sorry. Number one on the list. Um, he was not on the team to start the season. He gave up like fifteen million dollars to join the team. Uh, people thought he was uh, burnt toast. Mm. Uh, in fact, he's uh, some ciabatta. Yeah, he's uh, delicious, ready to roll. Put me, give me some avocado, a little mayo. Uh, I mean, if we're doing Sopranos, I should do capicola, uh, avocado, and, and mayo. How many neutral fats are you going to put on this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, Blake Griffin's so important to this team. Uh, you know, he's not the best big defender or whatever, and he's definitely not the best like role playing, like offensive role player. But I think he does a lot of different small things. He almost does what, like, so what Jeff Green was doing earlier in the year, um, Blake doesn't bring as much shooting, but Blake brings this really nice versatility, like, Mm. sort of like in how Bruce Brown, and they have a nice two-man game. I mean, obviously, they played together in Detroit. He, Blake is on different parts of the floor. He makes, he's really smart. He just knows where to be in this lineup he knows how to get to his spaces. He almost never takes a bad shot now because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the burden of being the best player on the team. Yep. He only ha- he can just just wide open jumpers, right? Um, and defensively, talked about this before, but he guarded Nikola Jokic. Yeah, and he's going to. He, he's not going to be the Embiid stopper or the Giannis stopper. He's not that, but he's going to be critically important because he's smart. He still has athleticism. And he's a bigger guy that he's going to have to guard some of those, the bigger dudes, Anthony Davis. Like there's going to be moments when if they play the Lakers in the finals, though, like who knows what the Lakers are going to be. He's going to probably have to guard Anthony Davis like for chunks, Mm. for for nice pineapple chunks of the game. Um, Blake Griffin's my number one, my number one most important role player for the Nets in the playoffs. Yeah. 
And for that reason, I'm going Polly Walnuts. I think that's yeah. there's an obvious like humor thing there. He brings the levity <laughs> of the of for the show in in a very necessary way because it's a bleak, it's a dark show. You need a little Polly Walnuts in there to to bring the humor out. But also, I think low key Polly Walnuts is a he's a winner at the end of it. You know, like he doesn't die, he doesn't get killed. You know, he uh, like. Per- Does he get his head run over with a car, or was that? That's Phil Leotardo. Phil Leotardo. Um, he's the other. That's the New York boss. No, Polly just kind of like skirts out of it. Like back, he doesn't take the other the cursed captain job from the you know the the other family. Um, he just kind of you know he he's always constantly just sort of like evaluating where he wants to be, how much of a role he wants to take on. He's not. He's never been a high earner because he doesn't want all that smoke, you know? So like where Blake Griffin had been a high earner and I'm using high earner here to mean like a stat packer, you know, a guy who's responsible for taking a lot of the load offensively. He's like, I've been there. I've done that. I'm not, I don't need all that smoke right now. I, I'd like to just sort of be in the background, be a bit of a funny guy, give the show some levity and survive at the end of the day. I want to survive. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's a be- That is one of the best killer comparisons that you've, this whole, wow. This has been your David Chase run. <laughs> This is a tour de force. <laughs> tour de force. I hope. Okay. I hope that more. I hope anyone else feels that way. I know you appreciate. It. I just. I worry. I worry. You know how it is. I'm going to guess two percent of, yeah, of the people that have made it this far, like yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Right. Uh, this was really for them. <laughs> the other 98 percent were like, <laughs> "What is this? What just happened? Yeah. Play, this team is going to win a championship, yeah, and they just and did that. <laughs> they, did that. Yeah, they just right. did this. That's what um, we do on the show. So yeah, James Harden playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. That's exciting. Uh, please don't get hurt ever again. Yeah, never do that. Um, Ellen DeGeneres has announced her daytime talk show will end next year. I'm happy. Like, how do you get um, notifications like that? What what, what part of the, <laughs> the internet <laughs> do you spend time on where your Google they, Pixel they knows? A, they know I'm a newsmaker over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, is James Harden taking over? Uh, Ellen DeGeneres' show in 2022. We'll talk about that next Next week on The Glue, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Go on iTunes. And it's not even, you don't really, it's Apple Podcasts. Go on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. We want what we need and we have to have them. Go on iTunes if you have a Windows desktop. That's the, that's where (laughs) you can, they still have iTunes. That's what I use. Um, Check us out on Twitter at PK Glue, guys. The Discord, shout out to Discord, be in the Discord, YouTube. Shout out to the YouTube, being the YouTube. Yeah. We're going to be YouTubing so much in the playoffs. Playoffs are going to be super content enriched, guys. So lots to look forward to there. Or we may do one show a week. Just either or. Who knows? It's going to be either. You can never tell with us. Uh, thank you so much for listening, Brian. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for speaking to me. <laughs>